Welcome to Right to Life in Michigan's Life Beat. I am your host today, Chris Gast, and joining me as almost always is Anna Plymer and Grace Hemmeke. Ladies, happy Friday. Happy Hello. Friday. And Father's Day. And Father's Day. Uh, we'll end the podcast with uh, reflecting on that. Uh, today we have only good news, really, to talk about. Um, mostly good news. All eventually good news. Something to get, whatever to get Anna to shake her head yes, finally. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about Texas and Nevada. And uh, we're going to talk about all the states, really, right now. So there is a organization called 529. And uh, it used to be run by a guy named Nate Silver. And they do, like, supposed to do polling and analytics for not just sports, but, you know, politics and policy and et cetera. And they did a in-depth analysis that they uh, were posting about yesterday, talking about the number of abortions uh, since the Dobbs decision. They were looking at uh, the abortions, I believe, from July of 2022 to March of this year. So not a full year. And their numbers show that uh, in pro-life states where they banned abortion, abortions decreased by 94,000, give or take. And then in states... Per state? Overall. Oh. And then in states that uh, do not ban abortion, pro-abortion states, abortions increased 70,000. So the net difference there, according to them, and of course this is you know, not perfect numbers, but that's 24,000 lives in just uh, not a full year after the Dobbs decision. So I know that, you know, when we look at the abortion issue, there's a lot of statistics and numbers and 24,000 is just kind of like a number, but that's 24,000 human beings whose lives were saved and will get to enjoy the rest of their lives. And so that's awesome. That's interesting because our legislative director gave me statistics that there's an estimated 5,000 babies saved per month since the Dobbs decision. Yeah, I've seen all different numbers. I don't know exactly how they are reaching these numbers. So how we usually get abortion statistics is... Uh, two sources. The first source is, you know, the CDC, which is basically just compiling the numbers from all of the state health departments, including Michigan. Uh, and so that is the more accurate number probably for most of those states. But, you know, there's still some states where some abortion facilities aren't reporting their numbers. We've experienced that in Michigan. Um, after we updated our abortion clinic licensing laws, there was a a strange uptick in abortions because we knew that like the Muskegon abortion facility and others were not actually reporting their abortions and were breaking the law. Um, but the CDC report doesn't include a lot of states, including California, which is the biggest state in the union and uh, it was one of the highest abortion rates. So the other source that we use is the Guttmacher Institute, which is affiliated with Planned Parenthood. What they do is they survey abortion facilities directly and get those numbers back. So theoretically, they, they're having more accurate numbers because they're covering California and a couple other smaller states that don't report, I think like Maryland and 
um, maybe Vermont or New Hampshire. Connecticut or something. Connecticut, I think. Um, some smaller states. But they're also getting a couple abortion facilities that aren't reporting their numbers to uh, the states. So, and those CDC and the Guttmacher numbers, while they're obviously the numbers are different because Guttmacher includes California, the, the trends are basically the same. So we think from those two, we have a pretty good idea of how many abortions are happening. So I'm not sure exactly the methodology that 538 used. Like, for example, we don't have the 2022 numbers yet uh, from Michigan at all. I don't know if they're giving out, you know, if the if they contacted the state health departments and they're giving them early numbers and whatnot. So there, there are some different estimates. But I think the key takeaway for us as pro-lifers is, uh, you know, when we say that pro-life laws save lives, um, the other side will come back and say that's not true. Ab ab women will just get illegal abortions. Nothing you do at all impacts the abortion rate, which is just that doesn't make sense. That's not how human beings operate at all. Um, you know, obviously, you make something illegal, you know, people will keep doing some of that, but not at the same rate. But I think the takeaway from this report, from the numbers, the other numbers that we've seen is that overall, these pro-life laws are saving lives, tens of thousands of lives. And that is a, that's a good thing. Um, and uh, how many women have died as a result of all these pro-life laws? Zero. Zero. How many were we told died before Roe versus Wade because of pro-life laws? Was it 5,000, like 10,000? That there were a million abortions before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, bogus. So I thought it was interesting, though, when <coughs> the kind of staff person for 538 was talking about this, you know, her basic takeaway was, well, this has impacted 94,000 women, and basically this is a bad thing. But, and, you know, someone commented on that, well, like, don't you think the pro-life people are going to celebrate these numbers? And it's, you know... Our response is, I mean, should those 24,000 unborn children that you think, you know, lived in this survey, should they be dead now? Right. Should we not celebrate their lives? Do they not have lives worth living? I was thinking about this earlier today in the, you know, because we're going to be celebrating the DOPS decision next week. That, is that no, oh it is next week wow yeah next saturday um that we have these numbers and we have these lives that were saved estimated and when you say that how do other people who may be pro-choice or whatever they they don't like abortion but they won't tell people what to do how are they going to perceive these numbers are they going to think it's oh, that's great. Are they going to say all those women were forced to have their babies and that's horrible for them, but you can't really ignore that now there's these babies and that, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Well, you can frame that as a bad thing. A lot of people would make it into a quality of life problem, right? Yeah. They, yeah. For the woman. No, for the for the babies. Yeah. Because they were so unwanted. Or born into poverty or... Yeah, I think there, I think, and I did see some of that in that thread, you know, the common response was, well, are those pro-life people going to take care of those kids, you know? 
Like, are they going to adopt him even though, you know, there's still a massive waiting list for infinite options? And right. We're, we're here. We're waiting. Send us your babies. Um, that sounds really weird. Um, there is, you know, this really dark underside to our society where, you know, we want to proclaim values of inclusiveness and autonomy and everyone matters, and we really have to think about the underprivileged, and we really have to think about them. We have to we have to move heaven and earth to remedy these situations and help them out. Mm-hmm. But for this one class of human beings, their life is just never worth living, and the only answer to their to this issue is get rid of them. You know? Yeah. I just don't get how. Well, I mean, I get it, but still, emotionally, I don't understand how a society that wants to just be radically inclusive of everyone is so easily you know tricked if you want to call it that but of putting people into these categories of these are the good people and they matter these are the bad people and their lives aren't even worth living is there some inconvenience projection of a utopia in there like they they see the society they want in a hundred years or whatever and then think they got to break a few eggs to make that omelet and that's that's the thing that gets me like if if you think that you can build a perfect society why at any point would abortion ever have to be included well, maybe it wouldn't in the future, but to get there, they might argue that we have to. I don't. I, I mean, mean, it they, hasn't gotten any better in the last fifty years. Argue, you could say it's maybe even I'm, gotten worse. I'm gonna keep playing devil's advocate. Down syndrome has been eliminated in Iceland via abortion. They're not gonna have that problem. Now, obviously, that's a horrible thing to do because those right. are all babies mm-hmm. with lives, but they might foresee a utopia where there is no genetic disabilities i i guess but i they seem unwilling to ever relent on that value um you know it's like every fictional depiction of a utopia you know ultimately obviously is is bad and it's even those seemingly perfect societies there's always that one little dark secret that is you know enabling this false sense of happiness and perfection and um yeah we're living in the giver guys (laughs) i know i keep thinking about that and and, you know they could argue that their society was perfect and everyone was perfect felt perfect all the time their families were perfect they never had conflict but i think it comes down to you don't have any free will and you have no morals. You lost your moral compass, which is kind of the whole point of that movie is, yeah, you got rid of all the Down syndrome babies, but where's your morals? Where's the where's the sad parts of life and the happy parts and all the good and the bad? You don't have any of that. It's just bland, black mm-hmm. and white. Yeah. Well. So, um, so maybe one day we'll get to that point and everyone will realize that it's horrible. <laughs> well, uh, if uh, if anyone wants to buy 10 million copies of The Giver and gift it to every citizen in Michigan, that'd be great. So uh, I know, I, I to be honest, I know Governor Whitmer did the whole announcement of this giant commission, and you know commissions aren't supposed to deliver answers in like a week if mm-hmm. they ever deliver any answers. But you know, haven't heard much about that in a couple days. I guess that's our news cycle. But you know. 
commission, take note, you know, states where uh, the next generation can keep living, mm -hmm. those states have futures. And states where the next generation is not welcomed and is treated as a burden and we need to get rid of them, you know, is not going to be a state that thrives. And those states can only keep pilfering people from the successful states for so long uh, before they run out and, oh, people are not resources to be pilfered. But anyway. Well, they haven't come to that conclusion yet, but they maybe, have not. Maybe that's get why there. we're here. Right now, they're focused. They believe that we're losing people because they're moving to Florida, which they are. They, they are, but also they're also blaming it on our educational system and our infrastructure. So. And I could talk about that for an hour, but that is not uh, our topic. So <laughs> correct. Uh, let's talk about a couple good things in other states. So, and these have not gotten a lot of attention, which is sad, but not surprising. Uh, but because uh, they're pro-life victories, but in Texas, and this has been a story that we followed for some time. A lot of people are not aware of, but uh, Texas has had for years this rule that. A hospital can withdraw your care in 10 days time if they believe it's futile so uh, there are situations where very much alive people wanting medical care were having their their medical care revoked and they were given a basically a 10-day ultimatum to if you can't find anyone else um, even though sometimes as we've seen in some special cases with people with some interesting conditions. It can take more than 10 days to arrange a hospital transfer. Um, and this is roiled Texas politics and pro-life people. And I know that, uh, you know, there have been some hospitals that, you know, should have been on the pro-life side that were lobbying to keep this 10-day rule as a financial uh, incentive and uh, lots of fights. But now Texas has passed and Governor Abbott has signed legislation that well, it doesn't get rid of the rule overall. It uh, it really puts takes the sting out of a lot of it. Um, I think the 10-day rule is now like 25 days, and they can't take away care in certain situations, and they have to help you find a transfer and whatnot. So it's been astounding to me that you know Texas is seen as, oh, this super pro-life state, and they can just do whatever they want. But it, it has been a decades-long fight to address this you know, 10-day rule that does not exist in most states. Um, and they finally achieved that, so that's great. You know, sadly, we see with assisted suicide, with euthanasia, this sort of duty to die, this sort of view that, again, going back to what we just talked about, that there is this certain set of patients who a lot of doctors or hospital administrators whatnot believe don't deserve to live or their life isn't worth living. And instead of letting those people make that determination for themselves, you know, autonomy, uh, they want to make that determination for them and, uh, you know, kind of leave them with nowhere to go. And basically you have 10 days until you die. Hope you can figure that it's out. It's like bullying them into dying, into committing suicide. It is. It is. Um, now, obviously, I mean, Let's be honest, there are situations where a person really has almost no hope of recovery and um, 
you know, medical care is not doing them any good. And maybe there's that family member who's holding on to a false hope. And that's a situation that certainly exists. But there are many situations of people who are, they want to live themselves and are openly expressing it and aren't able to get the medical care because someone else believes their life isn't worth living. And just the fact that our, again, our society talks a really good game about autonomy and respecting people's wishes and, you know, it's all about, you know, you and your happiness, but then is so quick to turn around at certain people, almost like we're afraid to consider their situation, you know, seems like as a society, we believe only the perfect life is really a life worth living. And just like we're talking about with the giver, like you can only have a perfect society if you eliminate the imperfect people. Right. Which includes all of us. Um, so that's Texas. And then in Nevada, Nevada's governor. Um, who's Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> potato, potato. Uh, Nevada. Wait, what was I saying? Nevada. Okay. You're from Michigan. I am from Michigan. Um, Nevada. There you go. You know, we'll talk about a story out of Boston or. (laughs) Okay. I think Pete Lombardo. Someone can fact check me on that later. Uh, But Nevada, Nevada's governor has vetoed legislation to uh, create or legalize assisted suicide in the state. So. That's a big win. I know that, uh, you know, people advocating for assisted suicide, uh, they were able to get it in Oregon. They failed to get it here in Michigan in 1998. They kind of went through some soul searching and kind of a long hiatus. And then they really started pushing a state by state effort. And they were having a lot of success in a few states. Um, And it's always the same kind of thing. Like in these certain states, it's, uh, you know, oh, it gets rejected, we'll try again, it gets rejected, it, we'll try again, it gets rejected, we'll try again. We win by one vote, oh, debate's over, that's it forever, assisted suicide is here. Um, they were able to do that in a couple of states, but lately they have just kind of been hitting a brick wall and they're having a lot of trouble expanding into states and I can't think of the last big win they were able to have, which is positive. Um, you know, you, we're looking up in Canada, a lot of people in horror at now they're thinking about uh, legalizing euthanasia for, um, you know, homeless people and, you know, Teenagers. people that, yeah, like, you know, we're, there's a funny Babylon Bee sketch where, you know, the, so the prescription for every health ailment is, ah, yeah, just kill them. Um, and that's kind of where Canada is trending and that's not good. Uh, So I think people are seeing some of these other states and countries and their experience and not wanting to go there. And kudos to Nevada's governor for um, holding the line there. I'm sure they're going to bring that bill back next session, though, or wait till their next governor. And then, of course, you know, in Michigan, the other, you know, abortion or excuse me, euthanasia advocates are talking about coming back to the state and working uh, they haven't really done anything about that yet, but people need to be aware. Um, they always come back with arguments that there's going to be safeguards and we're respecting people's autonomy and it's all about valuing what people want. 
but in all these states and places we see that it's always expanded to diff- new categories of people that uh, you know are being pushed into making these decisions and people who have fears of fears of problems, not actual problems, are being encouraged to commit suicide uh, instead of addressing those fears. And it's just this like simple fix mm-hmm. to problems that need to be addressed in a much more comprehensive fashion. You know, if controlling someone's pain at the end of life is not something that is difficult in this day and age compared to where it was 100 years ago. Um, you know, we didn't need to kill people 100 years ago. We certainly don't need to do it today for that reason. I don't know that people necessarily think about how that is a slippery slope, and that's great that it got vetoed in Nevada um, because they can still see that there is a slippery slope, that people might want to be compassionate towards the end of for other people at the end of their lives when they're in pain and they're gonna die anyway but that's that is a slippery slope that's how you introduce it into states and then you get to canada all of a sudden they would have an argument against a slippery a slippery slope if it didn't happen in every single place that legalized it right um you know the slippery slope is not a it's not really a logical fallacy um it's a worldview i mean it's just it's a it's an expectation based on human nature that when you give a you know you tell a person this principle that oh yeah you can kill yourself if you want um you can't really contain that principle at one little special special group of people um mm-hmm. i mean that's just that's just human nature and uh you know the slippery slope uh, is not just a logical, it's not a logical fallacy in of itself. Uh, if you can prove that it's happening, then it's very much true. And we have the proof. Just look around, look at the headlines. Um, one thing that, that just bugs me before we talk about Father's Day is people do such a terrible job of going back, even you know last year, five years ago, and looking at what they were promised and how they were told things were going to be and you know what the arguments were and then they should look back and realize that those were all false or in some cases outright lies i know they don't they don't they forget it but people would save themselves a lot of grief in life if they just had memories that lasted one year just five years of looking back not even his i don't know if you can call five years history but you know those who fail to learn that lessons of history are you know doomed to repeat it while if you can't look back five years, you're not in a good. You're not going to be in a good place. I think even if people wanted to, it's kind of hard to go back because there's so much going on. You got to so scroll much, way down. That there's Twitter so profile. much chaos. Like that's probably why they do that because they want people to forget and focus on the next thing. Obviously. Even though, ironically, a hundred years ago, you couldn't search through a newspaper archive in like five seconds online, you had to go and look through uh, a library uh, and the microfilm and all that. And mm-hmm. I remember the good old days of doing that, but the easier it becomes to do something, the, the less likely people are to do it. That seems like it's a paradox, but that's true in a lot of cases. The easier you make it for people, the less 
they're going to do it sometimes. Anyway, Father's Day is Sunday. Um, my favorite day because I'm a dad. I get to do whatever I want. Um, I'm going to sleep in and not do anything. I, I guess that's a commentary on fathers. But uh, Father's Day is, uh, is an important day. We want to remember it. Um, you know, it takes, takes two to tango for every child in the country. Uh, there's a man involved and there is a woman involved. Uh, the dad plays such a critical role in the life of a child um, for positive, for negative. Um, and so there's a lot of dads out there who go unrecognized for mm -hmm. the positive uh, effort that they uh, put into their child's life. It's really like pouring out of your own life and, and into that of your child. Um, we have a good article on our, not just because I wrote it, but a good article <laughs> on our website, rtl.org, about Father's Day. If you want to, you know, read it, uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, we think about the power and influence of a father, um, it, how a child starts out uh, in life, you know, it's in the mother's womb, so it's really hard, you know, as a father, you you're not, it's hard to really have a relationship with that child because you can't see them, you can't hold them, you're not experiencing them in a way that the mother is, like, every day. Um, but it's during that stage, especially when we talk about our pro-life issues, when that influence as a father is so critical. Um, there are so many situations at abortion facilities where... Uh, women are going there and having abortions because um, you know they don't feel like they're being going to be supported or they don't want to be connected to that guy moving forward in their life and so we could save a lot of lives um, just if fathers on their own in all these situations um, were willing to put forth the effort and but, you know, you know, we say that, but then we don't want to overlook that there are millions and millions and millions of fathers out there doing that every day, and uh, they deserve a day to be thanked and uh, to be, I don't know. Recognized, recognized. that they uh, chose life. Yep. For their family, for their kids, for themselves. Yeah. It's hard being a dad in some ways today. They don't always get the recognition they deserve, and... Sometimes they don't ever get recognition, they just get lectures. So, you know, when you, we think about how we talk about fathers and mothers in our society, it is different. It is, um, yeah. And I mean, women, you know, men and women are different, so that's part of it. But um, I feel like in society, we kind of de-emphasize the importance of fathers, even though when you look at statistics um, of children who don't have fathers in their lives for whatever reason, um, it's just not good. Mm -hmm. Obviously, those would be true of a mother as well. Um, but, yeah. Fathers, thank you. Very important. Keep pouring yourself out. Um, hopefully, you get celebrated on Sunday and get to do something cool with your family. And, then and uh, also, thank you to the grandfathers and the stepfathers and the godfathers and the father figures in people's lives because they also make a difference in that kid's life and how they're 
going to grow up and treat people. So thank you to those fathers as well. That's true. You know, for Father's Day and, and Mother's Day, sometimes it's hard for people who, you know, their fathers and mothers aren't there around anymore. But a lot of those people, thankfully, still have father figures in their lives. So uh, that includes you. Be sure to thank that person. I know I know that father figure will appreciate it very much. You want to make a man really happy, give him a compliment. He'll live on that for months. <laughs> it's absolutely true. <laughs> All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again next week. Have a wonderful weekend.